Rebel Force Radio is brought to you by Nissan USA. Celebrate Star Wars The Last Jedi with Nissan. Nissan's Star Wars Droid Repair Bay virtual reality experience puts fans right in the action. See it at select Nissan dealerships. For more information, visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars. The all-new Star Wars collection at Stance.com. Visit Stance.com slash Rebel Force Radio and check out their new collection of Star Wars socks. Choose from the light side and the dark side. All of your favorite characters, exclusive box sets, and more. The Star Wars collection at Stance.com slash Rebel Force Radio. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, four shows deep, and there is still so much to discuss, so much to talk about, digest, and make sense of in the aftermath of the release of The Last Jedi. And lucky for you, you've got us to help you make sense of it all. And lucky for us, we have you. By way of your voicemails, your emails, we'll be playing some of those. And I guess this starts the the, the countdown to the solo movie, right? Imagine when that thing comes out. My God, our minds are going to be so blown. Well, anyway, we, uh, we're so glad you could be with us here and uh, glad to be with you once again, Rebel Force Radio. As I said, The Last Jedi is still the topic du jour, and we got a great show for you coming up on the program. In just a few moments, we're going to be bringing on a special guest, Tom Spina from RegalRobot.com, and he is like the expert when it comes to Star Wars aliens and props. And you've seen his cantina panels at Star Wars Celebration. I wonder if he's going to be doing a Canto Bite panel. Uh, no, I don't know. We'll find out if he's got a Canto Bite panel coming up at a Star Wars Celebration near you. But uh, in the meantime, please uh, meet my friend. He's my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Still very much in the season of The Last Jedi. Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas, everyone, to... Uh, those who uh, celebrated the holiday this past week and uh, looking forward to a great new year featuring that Han Solo film. But for now, I don't even want to think about Solo. I am locked on The Last Jedi and looking forward to hear everyone's opinions, reviews, analysis, and speculation for what we can expect in Episode 9. So looking forward to open up our uh, voicemail this week and, of course, checking in with our friend from Regal Robot. Tom Spina. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Hello, hello. Always good to talk with you guys. How are you today? Yeah, yeah. Well, d- doing great. I mean, how, how could you not be with 
Uh, you know, I mean, we live for this, Tom. I mean, you know, when there's not a movie, well, there's not a whole lot to talk about, right? Right. No, <laughs> you no, know, no. That's, 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 that's what our wives say. Somehow manage, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's more the opposite. It's like, how is it that even when there's not a movie, you guys still find time to talk about this stuff? It's, and it's find just stuff endlessly to fascinating to us. Well, you, you, yeah. I mean, what can we been do? Talking- I mean, you've been talking about the same, what, five minutes of film footage for the last... <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. For, for 40 <laughs> years, years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, oh, yeah, Star Wars fans know if you've been to Star Wars Celebration, you've seen the amazing panels uh, that Tom Spina and Pablo Hidalgo put on as they are sort of like the cantina archaeologists. They are, you know, the, the foremost experts on those... Uh, have you ever clocked it, Tom? How many minutes is the cantina Can segment? I- that's a good question. I'll have to do it. There, there's a there's a couple of cutaways, and we we sort of oh gosh, we expand it out. We we include like the uh, the the what would you call those? The streets of most isolated scenes mm. and stuff like that right. in there. Like uh, a- anywhere those those same monsters and creatures are wandering around, sort of get included for us. So, um, but it's it's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that's, it's a very it's, short amount of film for the amount, amount of uh, energy we've put into it. That's for sure. Right, right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we haven't spoken to you since the re- release of the Last Jedi, so I, I'm curious what what was your experience when you saw it for the first time? Would you have to take a big group of friends? Were you at at the yes. premiere? Where were you? Where, how, when did you soak uh, this in? So uh, the the when the when the, the core movies come out the the uh, Tom Spina designs and Regal Robot crew get together and and go see a movie. Uh, so you know we left a little early that Friday. We uh, went to the local theater. We we booked a nice row of seats for ourselves. Boy, do I love that the theaters do the the reserved seating oh, now. Isn't that the best? It's absolutely the best. I just, there's no question. There's no worry. There's, I mean, like I remember going to these things and go, like, I don't know how early to get there. Should I? <laughs> should I be camping out? I don't want to camp out. Am I? Am I not? I'm not that kind of guy. Like you know. Um, I'm so glad but, this technology came along after we all got old. Isn't yeah, that right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so so we all went to see it, and it's funny. So normally. When I come out of uh, a new Star Wars movie, like with Force Awakens, I remember this very clearly. Uh, saw, it, saw it the first time, left the movie theater, not sure about it. And then it wasn't until I saw it again that I really, it kind of settled with me and it gelled. And I was like, oh, that was enjoyable. I, I laughed a lot this time. I, you know, it's like, you know, I was just, I was clenched up that first time. I don't know. You know, it's like you're just mm. so worried for what might be happening or you're just in your head going, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. And then, you know. <laughs> If if you can get past that first viewing, you're good. This one, and this just strikes me as weird because I see so much sort of uh, division in the sort of fan community about the movie and everything like that. But I came out of it going, I really liked that. Um, and mm. I I have a list. Everybody has their little, you know, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm a guy who fixes old props for a living. So I always think in my head of like, how could I fix that? Uh, and <laughs> of course, you know, yeah. everyone cares how I would fix it, you know, yeah, I'm sure. Right. But I, you know, in my head... I heard they tried were, to call you. You just weren't available. You weren't taking was, their calls. Yeah, and, no, if I had... Look, I saw them I saw them on the on the call waiting, uh, you know, the caller ID, and I'm just, I'm not picking that up, you know. R. R. Johnson, <laughs> who's that? R. Johnson. Right. R. Johnson, that's a, that's a made-up name if I ever heard one, you know. Um, but, uh, 
Randy Johnson. Yeah, yeah. The pitcher's calling me. Okay. (laughs) But I, uh, so, but you know, so after the movie, I'm like, I got thinking about it and I sort of picked a few things where I'm like, yeah, I could have done without this or that was a little goofy or that, you know, could have been handled differently. But overall, like my vibe on it was really good and I, I enjoyed it. And the, and the things that I did enjoy in it specifically, I really enjoyed and, and, yeah, and then it was just weird because I I had been avoiding the internet for days, you know, and then sure, so I finally, were, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's like I see it and I'm like, okay, great, let me go talk about it with all my friends online, and like, you know, half the people in my Facebook feed, feed were, you know, in out outright protest over it, and I'm, so what happened? I don't I don't understand. Now, now, what was the, the just out of curiosity? What was the yeah. consensus of the group that you went with? Did you all enjoy it, or did you spend time after breaking it down and getting in fist fights and breaking bottles <laughs> over each other's heads? And- right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what our screening was like yeah. <laughs> of course yeah no there's always that little digestion sort of panel at the end um yeah. i would say it was actually now that i'm i'm reflecting on the crew and and some of this happened like the next time we were back at work after uh it was probably about 50 50 but hmm. we're also mm-hmm. not a hundred percent you know big star wars fans to begin with and some people are there's always that sort of thing where like if you're too big a fan you're almost never going to be happy with the movie and if you're not a fan it just might not be your thing and then yeah i i feel like somehow i fall in this nice middle ground where i'm 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 a fan and i'm obsessed with the making of these movies and i'm so impressed with any movie that gets made any any thing that gets committed to film i know that herculean effort that goes on behind the screen and i have so much respect for anyone that just got it done um so maybe i'm a little bit of an easy audience sometimes in that regard but um that uh, i i think that i'm able to sort of separate my fandom of the franchise uh I, i maybe i'm just not as um uh, precious with it, or it's not as dear to me the the the, the characters and things like that. Or maybe I don't um, have as much built up in my mind about what my expectations for them are, and I'm just sort of like, tell me the story. You know, where where are these people going? Let's see it. And and um, you know, and good on you for just having made this thing. Yeah, I you know, um, it's it's interesting because when I think back to the prequels and and still a lot of the. Discussion about the prequels, you know, the, the criticism tends to be people comparing the movie that came out with the movie that they had in their head, and mm. th- this I think is has is is having that same phenomenon. For whatever reason, I don't feel like La- um, Force Awakens had that much. I don't remember there being that much like this isn't ex- at all how I I pictured it or anticipated. Right. Um, this one is different, and I think that it's it's very clear that um, you know, despite the popularity of Han Solo, mm-hmm. um, there was not nearly this amount of speculation and intrigue about his character. I mean, one might say, you know, it's because his character is somewhat fixed, whereas you know, and he was kind of the same, you know, gruff smuggler scoundrel right as he always was but this luke is very different yeah. for you tom what w- i mean was that the big when you look back on this film is that what you're going to be thinking about is luke skywalker's journey and this this the second arc of his life or you know was it 
more about Kylo and Ray. I mean, what what was the big the big thing for you in this one? I mean, I I um I was very okay with Luke's arc. Um, I felt like uh, so somebody actually was was just talking about this today. They were uh, really didn't care for him flipping the the lightsaber, throwing the lightsaber away. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people I, complain about that too, Tom. And what yeah. what I mentioned was, um, yeah. you know, when you think about it, the last time we saw Luke Skywalker holding a lightsaber, he tossed it away that time too on in the Emperor's oh, throne fair. room yeah. at Return of the Jedi. Oh my God! Good, good thought wow. there, Jim. I had but however, for me, however, when I'm, he did that, he said, "I'm a Jedi, like my father before me." This time, he tossed it over his shoulder and walked away because he didn't want to have anything to do with the Jedi. Yeah. He had convinced I himself. I thought it was, I thought it was just like the, it, it was the only avenue you had. Like as a storyteller, I look at it and I say, every other possibility there is uh, melodrama. It is, you know, over the top. It's expected. And it's this was the only unexpected thing he could do. And in that regard, I loved it. I thought that yeah. made perfect sense for where his character was. And it, it told us instantly where his character was uh, in a way that him having a conversation right there could not do. That's very well put. You're absolutely right. And I think that that is what I respect and find so fun about this movie uh, were the twists and the turns. The just when you yeah. think they're going left, they go right. The, yeah. This movie is anything but predictable. And, you know, you hear a lot of, of um, you know, to talk about the Canto Bite sequence and, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Finn and Rose and how pointless it was because they actually didn't succeed. Right. But isn't that kind of interesting? I mean, we don't always win, right? We don't always. <laughs> well, all, all well, ideas yes, don't I mean, always work. You the know? rebels don't win in Empire, so there's that. I think the Finn and Rose thing is one that kind of sits on me. And it's not just because they don't succeed, but almost because even if they had succeeded, it wouldn't have necessarily changed the rest of the movie because um, uh, Laura Dern had uh, this other plan that she just didn't bother to tell anyone um, that was already in play at that point. Like by the time mm-hmm. they get back, it's like that doesn't matter. They were already yeah. They're going to crate. They got this. You know, like yeah. I I don't know. It if it just felt like it to me. It sort of felt like it pulled away from the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been stronger to have you know Poe and Finn do something uh, or. Um, yeah, I don't know. That whole sequence kind of so, so that so it went off the rails me. for you a little bit. Well, I mean, yeah. while we're talking about Canto Bite, uh, mm-hmm. clearly, you know, this was this was the big alien right. spotlight yeah, yeah. Uh, moment. Yeah. Uh, so we had the Cantina and A New Hope. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of had, I, I guess you might say, Cloud City with the Ugnots, though there wasn't. A whole lot yeah, of diversity would, there. I, it's yeah. not the big creature moment. And then, of course, Return of the Jedi, where I think it was like the cantina oh, yeah. on steroids. Um, personally, I like it better, but I'm a Return of the Jedi <laughs> guy. Um, and then, you know, I know, isn't that terrible? You know, <laughs> and then, you know, of course, the pod race in, in uh, yeah. Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And then that Outlander Club in Episode 2. 
Yeah. And uh, was there, I'm trying to think, what about episode three? I'm drawing a blank if there was like a big feature yeah, spotlight moment. Uh, yeah, I'm not really thinking of one. Uh, you could probably also say the Senate uh, from episode That's true. one could have been That's true. similar. It's not as, as intimate, but, you know, right. certainly for diversity. And then, Last Jedi, we had or uh, Force Awakens, uh, Maz Kanata's yes, we Castle, had Maz's and Castle. So, yep. Canto Bite. So th- there was a lot of talk about this. There was a lot of build up to this. We yeah. did get some of your initial thoughts with the Vanity Fair spread, mm-hmm. but now after seeing it in context, what say you about you know the big? Uh, I love uh, when when Luke took that saber and threw it over his shoulder. That was good. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> no, it There's... was okay. It was – there is – it's the same feeling I had actually seeing that uh, Vanity Fair thing. And it's just – there is a – and I don't know if this is intentional because this is supposed to be an upper crust, you know, sort of scenario. But it felt like a bit of a sea of black, white, and beige to me. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like, you know, it was a lot of – beigey alien guys uh you know jimmy had that we we were talking about that not long ago jim was talking about yeah well jim about the the color yeah what happened to uh the colorful aliens you would see greedo green max rebo blue uh uh yellow everything you're right a man yellow yeah exactly it's all like yellow and beige and and, yeah. and, fleshy. and like muddy green for the caretakers. The porgs are just beige and white. It's, I, I keep seeing concept art. Like I saw concept art for the caretakers where they had some brighter colors on them. Porgs with some interesting colors. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, you see them in the movie. I'm like, oh, they're, they're beige. You know, that's <laughs> all right. It's just kind of it's a little bit of a letdown. I feel like they could have pushed in that. Uh, direction a little harder. The, I mean, once again, though, the effects work is great. The the quality of the creatures is amazing. Everything is effective. Um, but yeah, it would be neat to see a little more color, maybe a little more. Um, it's just a different vibe in the designs. But that's a that's a tough thing to nail down. Um, you know, I, I don't know. There's so many movies lined up. Maybe someday they'll they'll you know. Ask Phil Tippett and Rick Baker to sketch some stuff up and, and bring some of those designs in. Maybe one of the new directors will be real ambitious and want to incorporate some of that um, that energy. Well, At this I'm point, glad, I'd like I'm to glad. see the old stuff. You know, I'd like to see. Well, that's the other thing too. Hammerhead, yeah, you could, you know? yeah, or you know, I keep saying there's all these aliens that never really got put on screen clearly in the old movies too. Um, you know, you go through yeah. Jabba's palace, there's a handful of aliens that we all saw clearly on screen, a handful that we know from the action figures, but you never really saw them well on screen. Like just throw a few of those in the background. The brain guy from the cantina barely seen in the movie. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mask by Rick Baker. Like just, Put that guy in the movie. You know? Give give um, Efont Mon of some screen time there. Yes. Or, or oh Poach Snicken. Yeah. A Poach Snicken. Oh, you know, please, Poach A fan favorite. Right? Like, oh, yes. Give me two Poach Snickens and a, a couple and an of Efant Mon. I mean, couple of Poats, <laughs> please. But yeah, like that sort of thing. You know, you could totally do that. You could. Uh, the Given is another great alien from the first movie I'd love to see. And like, you know, I think of that brain guy. It's like, yeah, you know, Rick did it in a matter of weeks. Him and Rob Bottin sculpted it as a latex pullover mask that didn't do anything. These days, you could very easily do that as a, a face appliance and a cowl as a foam latex makeup or even as a silicone pullover that would be super fast and easy to do. And now you would have 
mouth movement, brow movement, and some, you know, real energy to it. Uh, and, you know, maybe you put a couple of bladders in so you get the little veins in his brain to pulsate or something like that. Um, <laughs> it'd be super fun. And it's not, you know, it's not any harder than making the aliens they're making. It's just a style question. And I don't know, you know, I don't know who's choosing that direction, but it'd be nice to see them welcome back some of the old faces a little more um, yes. and, you know, be a little be a little more colorful with the new ones. Right. Because there's certainly a consistency between the first two trilogies as far yeah. as bringing back aliens. We saw in the original trilogy, they show up mm -hmm. in the prequel trilogy. So what happened? I mean, you could always say, well, you know, the uh, the Empire uh, kind of wiped right. out a lot wiped of those alien races, you know, I mean, yeah. like, committing acts of uh, genocide and things of that nature. And, and, and that's plausible. It's it's a great way to kind of look at it or, uh, you know, yeah. maybe you could just assume that uh, there's a lack of alien species uh, in, in, from the original trilogy possible. still in existence. Yes, it is possible. Mm. Mark. Yeah. Mark is still saying that, huh? He's still tap dancing awesome. around everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. What, what, what else about this movie? Well, um, I, you know, there, there's two big things, right, that, okay. that everybody seems to focus on. And I certainly don't mm -hmm. want to focus on the negative, and I'm, and I'm, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I'm overjoyed that, that you overall really liked the movie. It sounds like you had a very similar reaction that, that I had. I know I, I feel like Jim had. We walked away from it going, wow, this was, this was great. Um, but there are two big things, right? The, 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 uh, reveal of Ray's parents, right? Mm -hmm. It was a promise, mm -hmm. and some people say it wasn't delivered. Well, it was delivered. You you can argue yeah. whether it was <laughs> Just the didn't answer like you the wanted. Answer. Yeah, um, exactly. And and then Snoke's origin, and you know, as you yeah. know, as somebody who is a big fan of the the design of Star Wars, you know, George was not subtle. I mean, George wanted you to get yeah. a sense of a character. You know, Darth Maul is anything but subtle. Right, he's literally the <laughs> devil. Right? right, so he wanted you or to just have a, a reaction. really, really terrible birthday clown. Oh, kitties! Yeah, exactly. Anybody want a balloon animal? You know. <laughs> but but you know, it's George wanted you to look. And he throws it. He wanted you to look at you know a character and immediately have a feeling and a sense of history. Snoke, yeah. great design on a character. I think. And immediately, wow, this guy's got some major history, and yet yeah. we don't know what it is. So those are sort of right. the two big issues on the table. Where do you sit on on the on Ray's parentage and the and the Snoke stuff? So okay, uh, on the Ray thing, I'm totally fine with that. I love the idea that we're back to this, which uh, uh, you know I think was some of the original sort of uh, intention, perhaps, or at least. The, the vibe that you were supposed to get was this idea that, you know, anyone can be a force user. It's not just because of your lineage or things like that. Um, although certainly that helps. Um, so the idea that, you know, she's no one, I think that's kind of cool. I also, you know, maybe there's something to be said thinking out loud now that, you know, because Kylo has erupted onto the scene and Luke took himself out of the force. Does she sort of rise up because of that? Is that the force balancing itself somehow? Um, mm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that, that's just sort of a, the where my mind is going on that. But mm -hmm. um, 
the with Snoke, I I'm one of the few people like I just didn't care. You know, like I okay, <laughs> you know, he's Snoke. Like look at him. He's, uh-huh. he's you know who that is? That's Snoke. We see him. He's right there. That's who he is. <laughs> you know, like and I probably cheered the loudest when they cut him in half. Um, <laughs> I loved the way they did it. I love the way that Kylo managed to, you know, use his, it's, it's, you know, not so much that he even shielded his mind. He just thought of a clever way to do the same thing that he thought he was doing, but not the way he expected. Um, Right. And love that, you know, it also reminded me a little of the, uh, the end of Avengers, the first one where, you know, uh, you have, um, Loki monologuing to the Hulk and he just pulls him up and slams him around for a bit. You know, <laughs> there's, the, yeah. you know, here you have Snoke monologuing about how, you know, how under his thumb Kylo is <laughs> and, you know, cut in half. Sorry. <laughs> you know yeah. you what know um, it felt like to me? I'm a, I'm an old school, uh, you know, 80s WWF guy. Okay, and yeah, it yeah. was like the classic <laughs> heel turns baby face moment with, right. with Kylo. Even though it was yes. short lived, it just yeah, had yeah. that, you know, the guy's talking smack and all of a sudden he just, you know, he might as well have yeah, just closed line snow great. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, right in the middle of the ring. You know, <laughs> close line. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great turn, like I say, short lived and, and maybe not what yeah. we thought, et cetera, but right. it was a, but it I was liked a great moment. That too. So, you know, mm-hmm. you had that moment of them fighting back to back, which was just amazing. Um, you know, and I, I I have to think even the people who didn't like the movie loved that sequence, I would hope. Yeah. Um, it yeah. felt hopeful. It felt interesting. And then, you know, for him to go the direction he went at the end of that makes so much sense for his character. And for him to have been that quickly redeemed would have concerned me, you know, would have been yeah. like, that's eh, too easy. Um, yeah. I, I kind of always had the feeling that, you know, if if Luke was going to pass in this film, then they're holding out Leia for the end because they want his his mother to be the one that brings him back. Um, you know, unfortunately, now that can't happen. So I, yeah. it'll be very interesting to see where they have to go with that. And mm-hmm. and all of that is just conjecture on my part of like you know right. that's. Um, I, I did think so. All right, you know, obviously Carrie Fisher passing to after the movie's been shot. Um, I, you know, talking with my buddies about the movie after you know, the, the first thing that I thought was, it's and my wife actually said to me, it's like, you know, she sees Luke disappear and she just leans over and she goes, oh, they just wrote themselves into a corner. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, so, but you know, I've, you're and, thinking and, had they known they'd have kept him around. Yeah. Well, or, you know, you knew uh, in time before the movie and it wouldn't have been much of a reshoot to, have so this this is where my mind goes like okay everything plays out the same i love the sequence with luke projecting himself um my wife picked up on that and i didn't that he he wasn't leaving footprints in the salt uh during the fight but kylo was um i of course noticed the the grecian five in his beard and you know the haircut and i'm just like that's a little (laughs) weird like he took some time to you know clean up the caretakers have him in a barber chair and they're just like (laughs) (laughs) um, but you look you know what if i'm gonna if i have the ability to project myself i'm gonna make myself a lot more handsome than i really am i mean if i'm gonna be in people's heads 
I'm looking yeah. pretty fly. You know? Yeah, I'm looking that's right. No, absolutely. A few inches no, taller. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, especially when you look like you do. You know, then it's really important. <laughs> oh no, I mean, um, I don't know. You know our, our buddy Paul. Is what I, I'm saying. Yeah, our buddy Paul Bateman. Uh, he had a good. Oh, Paul. He had a good line. He said he. <laughs> He got an email. And he's like, I think he looked a bit like a Vegas magician there, you know, with the with yeah. the with the dark beard and the, <laughs> the, in the beard. hair. Yeah, uh, but you know, so you have that whole sequence play out, which was all fabulous. Love the idea that he can fight Kylo, and Kylo can sort of win without, you know, and and kill him even without actually physically doing it, without another sort of you know black mark against him and another. Uh, step away from possible redemption um because you know you kill han solo and maybe you can redeem yourself you kill han solo and luke skywalker oh gosh you know i don't know what we can do with that i haven't um, thought of that that's a that's a really good point it Tom. was uh, you know it's a point. good way to get around it and it was a new force power i love that um but so you have that all play out the end happens he collapses on the rock um he gasps his last gasp but he just doesn't disappear, you know? And then you cut back to Ray and Leia and Ray feels that Luke is gone. You know, now is he just disconnected from the force again because he's passed out or whatever, or Mm -hmm. is he actually dead? We assume he's dead. Um, Leia, you know, feels the same. She assumes he's dead. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, and there's two ways you could go with this. One is, you, you know, you could even write Leia out right there and you just have her give into it as well. And you just take a shot where she's, you know, slowly closing her eyes and then cut to the reverse and have the, the clothes fall. And she's, you know, one with the force. And now you've put her death on screen and, and it's at a moment where it makes sense. And I don't know. I'm sort of thinking out well, loud. I want to I, I want to mention here. So Ryan Johnson is. uh and we'll be peppering some of this uh, throughout the show as as it sort of um, leads itself into the conversation. Uh, but mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson has spoken about this. Uh, this is where are we getting this from? I believe this is. I'm looking at from Uproxx, but this could be uh, from another source. Um, but at any rate, so Ryan Johnson has gone on the record talking about this, and the mm-hmm. question was: uh, Did you debate how to end it with Luke, or was that always the plan? Mm-hmm. And Ryan, here's Ryan's answer. He says, well, I debated it a lot, but it was always in my head. That always made sense to, uh, to me for a lot of different reasons. First of all, this is Luke's movie. Mark gives a great performance in it. His journey back to taking on the mantle of the legend of Luke Skywalker, basically. Something he had mm-hmm. rejected as being unhealthy for the universe. And him coming around to realizing the galaxy needs this. I need to be the, ele- the legend they need me to be. And taking that on his shoulders. Once he does that and he comes back and does this heroic act that's going to resonate throughout the universe, the notion then that's the moment to give him his final bow. And that's the yeah. most emotionally potent time to do that made a lot of sense. And honestly, thinking about the number of characters we have on our plate going to the next movie, this is where it gets mm-hmm. interesting. And he says, and I'm not working on the script for Nine with JJ and Chris, and I want to be totally clear, I don't know what they're doing, but it just vaguely seemed good to me that putting Luke in another realm could open possibilities for his possible involvement in the next yeah. one, as opposed to him just being another character that had to be juggled into the plot, right. if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. he uses that term of just another realm. We don't right. know if it's the same realm as Ben Kenobi and Yoda. This could be something 
totally yeah. new. Well, and Luke Yoda was something able to in hit between, him in the head right? with the cane or something, right? In that one yeah, shot, right. Luke yes. touches Leia, you know. So maybe there's, maybe you know, they're they're opening up to the the door to Force Ghost having more of a presence in our realm or something. I don't know. Um, sorry, Jim, what do you think about? Ryan's quote there and talking about another realm, opening it up for possibilities for nine. And if you kept him, you know, corporeal completely, he's just another character you got to juggle into the mix. A lot of people have been saying that how this, the Skywalker saga ends with the death of Luke Skywalker in episode eight. And I counter that and say, no, he, he will be in episode nine. He will be providing assistance to Ray and the the rebellion he would almost via, have to be yeah he'll he'll be he'll be contacting them via the force and remember what he said to Kylo he said if you strike me down I'll be with you forever so I think he'll be making appearances in front of Kylo to read him the riot act a little bit and that right. could actually make Kylo teeter a little bit and open him up enough to the light so Ray can move in and finally convert him back to a Jedi Knight. So I, I think um, as far as like a new realm of uh, force spirit or what have you, you know, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's quite possible that could be the direction it's going in because I always think about the title of episode seven, the, the episode that kicked off this trilogy, the force awakens. And I remember when it was first revealed, that was the title. A lot of people thought, well, the Force awakens now? What have we been watching up to this point? Well, that's (laughs) just the question. That's just the question. I think we haven't really scratched underneath the surface of what the Force can do in a galaxy that is not being suppressed by the rule of two, the Sith Lords spreading their dark side angst everywhere. It just comes down basically right now to one individual, Kylo Ren, who has shown many times that he still has that light within him and he's conflicted by it. And I think that is what makes the balance of the Force teeter. And I think it also will eventually balance out either in Kylo's death or his redemption. I mean, really that flip a coin. That's our two choices here. Right. right now. Yep. I don't see a yep. third out, you know, no. either he dies <laughs> or he gets redeemed. I don't see him winning at the end of this. That now that would be a real bummer. I think, you right. know, if, if I don't he, see if, that from a JJ movie. No, absolutely <laughs> not. It's going to yeah. be all wrapped up with a nice little bow and it's yeah. going to feature one of those two elements in the story, the death of Kylo, yeah. the return of Ben Solo, either or and uh i would not be surprised now that i've uh seen the last jedi a few times uh i i I really felt like kylo was unredeemable i think like he was our he was gonna be our antagonist for the long haul here he's not gonna he's not gonna that was how i came out of force awakens just like okay he killed han solo like we're okay he's we're not redeeming him now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and, but the divine you know, intervention, the divine intervention of a Luke Skywalker who is tapping as a force spirit, tapping into yeah. new ways to cross over into the realm of the living. You know, maybe Luke is taking it one step further and maybe he can actually return in a physical form and cheat death like huh. Darth Plagueis <gasps> did, you know? I mean, hmm. claims to have. <laughs> claims to have yes but uh, i i I think that's what we're looking for 
in episode nine. And I would be, by the way, yeah, going, no, no, sorry. I, uh, <laughs> but when you say Plagueis, I think Sidious. And when I think Sidious, I thought how weird it was for Luke to say that name. Uh, at some point yeah. he, I believe he says something about Darth yes. Sidious and I'm like, he what does. did he just say? The emperor like that? He would, he would say the emperor, like that's how he knew him. Well, you know, I don't like, know because the Luke Skywalker that we know of, I mean, he was a rebel in the original trilogy. By the by the end of Return of the Jedi, he is advanced to Jedi knighthood and he hmm. after the after those events, he travels the galaxy to find Jedi artifacts and things hmm. that will educate him on the lore of the Jedi. That's how he discovered Octu. And uh, he was the only he was the <laughs> Ask the puffs, um, but I. Sorry. You know, um, that, that, those aren't puffs. That's a porg. Um, oh, that's... Hello, but um, but I, I think uh, <laughs> David, you really de- you derailed me there, Spina. <laughs> Sorry, it's what I do. <laughs> but uh, but uh, where was I? Uh, uh, Octu. Oh, so he's in Octu. That's he found the location of the first Jedi Temple via his. His his his, yeah, his exploration, uh, his, his archaeology in the galaxy to find Jedi artifacts. And here's the other thing: I'd like to talk about the map to Luke Skywalker. A lot of people mm. are assuming that Luke is the one who left the map behind, and I think that's an incorrect thing to assume. I think it's just simply the map to the Last Jedi Temple, and they only right. had a fraction of it. The way they were yeah. able to put together the rest of the map with the information R two had is because. Luke didn't take R2 with him to Octu. He he sent mm. him back to the resistance at yeah. some point. And when he that decided he was done with it all, he wanted to leave. He wanted to isolate himself and live in exile till he died. He went to a certain place with R2, then sent R2 back with the resistance. R2 was so depressed by these developments, he eventually shut down. And the other part of the map, was just information Lor Santeca discovered about the first Jedi Temple. And when yep. it became when it became knowledge, the people who knew Luke best said that he was going in search of the first Jedi Temple. Well Lor Santeca actually had part of that information. When he passed it along to Poe Dameron, he's probably yeah he's he's the person that Luke contacted to find out how to get there. You know, I don't he was think the so. Link I don't in the, think so. In the chain, I, would think. I doubt it. I doubt it. Huh? I think Lor Santeca was just simply looking for the last Jedi temple. When word got around, that's where Luke went. Lor Santeca realized, I have this piece of information that could be valuable to them. So he passes it along mm. to Poe Dameron. Poe's on a mission to extract that information from him. He gets it, and he's going to return to the Resistance with it. When they get back to the Resistance, they realize it's only part of a map, and they don't right. have the rest of it. It's not till R2 awakens, and R2 has the rest of the map because Luke took him so far. Right. But R2's map is incomplete. So it's not the map to Luke Skywalker. It's they piece together the map to the first Jedi Temple. And when they send Ray on the Millennium Falcon to go find Luke and bring him back, Ray's not a hundred percent sure she's going to find Luke there. They're just right. assuming he's going to be there. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Uh that's a really good point. It's and, a and shame I you haven't given about. this any thought. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like it's uh, our job or something. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> but 
But I, I something. By I the way, that's how we close this... every cantina panel going forward. Somebody stands up in the audience and just goes, "Shame you guys haven't given us any thought," and then just walks out. You know? <laughs> Me and Pablo well, sob quietly well, on stage. Well, well, speaking of sobbing, I'm I'm thinking of this. I hadn't yeah. thought of this off-screen moment when. Mm. You know, when, when Luke basically abandons R2 or says, get out of here, I don't want you anymore. And you're right, like both right. crying. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a Harry and the Henderson's moment. Get out of here. Yeah, he hits R2 with his yeah. robot hand. You know? <laughs> right. R2 um, takes well, the about little it. thing out and rubs his face. You know? The thing that's destroying <laughs> Luke Skywalker as an individual is the fact that Kylo turned on him and burnt down that Jedi temple or the Jedi Academy he was building and who was there with him to witness it? R2. R2. So probably every time Luke looks at R2, he flashes back to that moment. He doesn't want R2 around. He wants wants no artifact of his past to be with him in his new life on the island. He has really cut himself off. At least when Ben Kenobi went into exile, he brought along Anakin's lightsaber, his own lightsaber, and his faith in the Jedi Knights. Right. And, uh, and, and Obi-Wan <laughs> never cut himself off. He was he was just in hiding and and, and right. waiting. Like a coiled spring yeah, exactly. ready to That's right. You know. Well, that's all he knew. That's his life. That's all he that knew his, his life, whole right? life. He didn't know how to how to cut himself off from the Jedi. Keep in mind, Yoda said Luke was too old to train. And right. Luke brought in a lot of baggage with him when he started to study the Jedi rituals and everything. Luke brought in a lot of extra baggage with him. So it was easy for Luke to study the stuff, fail, and then realize that the Jedi were wrong. Obi-Wan Kenobi could never go down that path because he knows no different. Yeah. Mm. Hey, uh, Tom, can you stick with us for a few more minutes? We'd like to, uh, I mean, we're sure. totally on your time. So uh, yeah, we're going yeah. to hit some of the, uh, the voicemail and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear uh, your thoughts about their thoughts as well. So let's see. Here. Sure. Oh, that's a long one. Let's, uh, let's go to this. This is Adam <laughs> from Kansas. Hey guys, it's uh, Adam from Wichita, Kansas, aka TK31778 of the 501st Legion. I just finished listening to both of your last Jedi review shows and wanted to put in my two credits. Uh, first off, I wanted to comment on Luke becoming one with the Force. It's been suggested that maybe he absorbed all the energy from the Walker Blast and from Pylos Saber, and when he returned to his body, that damage caused him to die. I don't think this is really the case. Earlier in the film, when Kylo sees Rey for, I believe, the second time, He says, you can't be doing this, it would kill you, or something to that effect. I think this is just foreshadowing what ultimately happens to Luke at the end of the film. Second, for everyone who has been complaining about the lack of info we've been provided with Snoke, I'd like to point out that in the original trilogy, we didn't even know the Emperor's name. That was revealed in Expanded Universe stuff initially. (laughs) We know just as much, if not more, about Snoke between these two movies than we did about Palpatine prior to the prequels. We'll probably Thank eventually you. end up with a comic or a novel or something fleshing out Snoke, but until then, we know all we really need to know for the purpose of this chapter. Anyways, thanks for doing what you guys do. May the Force be with you. Wow. Great points, Adam. Great call Thank from you. Adam. Yeah, yeah. yeah did you, you like Adam. that? Now, did you catch I'm that right foreshadowing from Kylo Ren? The very first time he experienced the uh, Force connection with Rey, he did say something along those lines, which I didn't catch in my first viewing. Yeah, I didn't but, catch either. He did say, uh, you, you can't be doing this. You, the effort would kill you, is what he said. So there it's known. Yeah. It is the, the, 
the uh, the uh, uh, skill of astral projection for a force user is not unheard of. It's something mm. that Kylo Ren is definitely aware, aware of, of. Yeah. but he realizes mm. it's a skill he cannot apply his yeah, force can. abilities to because he's right. not strong enough in the force to do it. And he, he knows if he can't do it, there's no way. Well, of course Ray could do it. No, yeah. no, there's no way I the mean, girl yeah. could do it. No, there's no way. Right. And so, um, it, it, it only, you know, it's only a Jedi master of the, of the, uh, skills uh, with the skills of a Luke Skywalker who can actually do that. Hmm. But even then, you know, with the, well, and with the, the length and, uh, you know, complexity of what he pulled off, you could see where that would have wiped him out. And in this case, killed him because, you know, it was beyond just appearing to someone to have a chat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. physically so- holding off a lightsaber in the fight. He was, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, was, uh, and I, and I, I pointed out in a in a previous episode that I just remember as as a kid um, watching Yoda lift the X wing out of uh, the the, you mm. know, the swamp on Dagobah. There was effort. He's there was effort. He's a little winded there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so we it, it seems clear that it does it can take its toll. And yeah, yeah. And did you say Yoda? I, 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 oh, okay. Wow. How did I, you know, this is something we really, um, haven't talked a, a whole lot about. Um, hmm. but, uh, so what, what we know, I believe what's been revealed is that the Yoda that we see in the last Jedi is a painstakingly reproduced puppet. Mm-hmm. Based on the same molds, everything that they could possibly get their hands on from the classic one, and even overseen by Frank Oz, yet, Tom, it, it looks like a Cabbage Patch doll at times. I, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> especially that first shot. I mean, oh, I, 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 don't I, think Yoda, I think Yoda has gained the freshman 15 there oh. in the netherworld of the Force. The, the, the cheeks are a little chunky. I don't think it looks that bad. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on... Uh, Jimmy's side, I think. Uh, I think people give it a, uh, an unfair shake. I think they might have uh, – sometimes when people make Yoda, they put his neck a little far back, which juts the face forward, which can make him look a little cheeky maybe. Um, I think there's something in the way the mouth is. So when Stuart did the first Yoda um, – and this is all of the molds of Yoda that are out there, even the one that ILM used to make the tour Yodas, the stuff that you see in the costume exhibits that, that the Lucasfilm Archives that puts on and things like that um, – all of those are done with the out of the the mold head that Stewart created, um, which is great. Except that uh, Stewart created that head, and then they brought it to set, and they realized that when he closed his mouth, it wasn't closing all the way, or it was looking a little tight. Something didn't look right about it, mm. and they wound up making a new upper lip for him that they put on separately after it was an appliance to lengthen his upper lip. Um, so it went on you're top. Of, of you're it, say, it, I'm sorry, it went on top yeah. of the. The original. Yes. Piece. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It, it basically, it, you know, you sculpt a piece like that with the mouth open slightly. Uh, it's just kind of the way you you would make a puppet like that. And what they found was that in closing the mouth, it was causing too much stress on the face. It just wasn't looking right whenever he closed the mouth. Um, and I almost see a little of that going on. I don't know if, if this is pure speculation. And again, I never want to you know, denigrate the work of Scanlan and his team and the stuff that they're doing is so good. Um, but Yoda is much like 
you know, Chewie and all of these other characters, incredibly hard to recreate faithfully. Um, and I think what they did is by far the best incarnation we've seen of him since the original trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy to see that it was a real puppet. And I, you know, it was Yoda. I never, you know, never had any trouble with it. But right. um, that was right. the thing I saw was it felt like the upper lip was getting pulled in a little bit every time the mouth closed, which could have been that they didn't put that extra appliance on. So they were forcing the mouth a little too much. And maybe that gave him that cabbage patch look. Um, okay. Because, All but right. that I, I don't want to be—I don't want to be overly critical. I, it was really that first shot when when Luke turns around. Well, first you see him mm. from behind, and then uh, Luke turns yeah, you around see and you see him coming. face forward and just a little chunky. Uh, but then there were yeah. other shots, and and I, I was I was not alone. Uh, our, our our buddy Billy Mac felt he and I both we were wrong. Thought, oh my gosh, did they lift maybe some old footage or unused footage? Oh, wow. <laughs> of the, of the puppet from Empire. Yeah. I mean, that's how faithful it it was at times. Yeah, it was, so, it was very close. Hey guys, very it's, close. Uh, Adam from Wichita, Kansas. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, here comes oh, Adam. Hi, Adam. Yeah, we already heard you, Adam. Yeah. Hey, no, it's just <laughs> He's got more to I say. liked what Adam had to say. Yeah. Uh, especially that too. Snoke bit. He's so right. We, you know, that's exactly correct. We didn't know anything about the Emperor. Uh, didn't know his name, didn't know where he came from, any of that stuff, uh, in, you know, in the context of just the movies. Um, so yeah, Well, here's what Ryan Johnson had to say about, this is in entertainment weekly. Um, after a screening, Ryan Johnson was interviewed briefly and this is what he had to say about, about Snoke. Now this is, you know, one of the more popular theories was that Snoke was Darth Plagueis and, Mm -hmm. So here's what Ryan Johnson said. He goes, I do think it's interesting. I never want to poo-poo the fans coming up with theories. It's part of the fun being a Star Wars fan. If there's a place for it in another story, I hope it gets told. He's talking about Snoke's origin. Mm -hmm. Um, But had he chosen to include it here, he said it would have been shoehorning the information. And it would have become a distraction. He says it would have stopped any of those scenes dead cold if he had stopped and given a 30-second speech about how he's Darth Plagueis. It doesn't matter to Ray if he had done that. Ray would have blinked and said, who? Mm-hmm. And the scene would have gone on. Uh, yeah. He says, now, I'm not saying he is Darth Plagueis, but, but he's basically saying, look, if it doesn't matter to Ray, yeah. it doesn't matter to our audience. Now, you can agree to disagree with that, but it, but it is an interesting take. And, and as you were applauding Adam from Kansas, he was saying, hey, we know more about this guy, you know, or as much about this guy as we did about Palpatine. We didn't yep. know his name was Palpatine. Yep. Kind of liked when we didn't know that. There are people. There, there <laughs> are people who will. There are people who will pull a technicality on you when you. Uh, oh yes, because it was in the prologue. Yes. It, yeah, there, there's a two-page pl- prologue of a page and a half in the novel. I know. the 1976 novel to Star Wars that uh, explains that Palpatine was. You know, it, it basically lays out a very, you know, brief it and wide open outline to become elected. That yes, kind of thing. yes, yeah, you yeah. get that. But I, you know, it's, as kids in the seventies and eighties, I, I. But again, that's anyway. not in the movie. So no, right? You know, just just based movie. on what's in the movies, and I think there is, you know, what somebody write a book about, you know, Snoke's backstory because honestly, I found him to be so one dimensional and this sort of very cliched, over the top, growling villain. That I it, I I don't care about his backstory. Like just, <laughs> I was so happy to see him cut in half. For like both both the reason of it was you know great bad guy gets you know gets what he deserves and also just like oh I'm so tired of this 
you know, yeah. just him over his, the him top. His, like, his oh little goodness. gold slippers. Yes, pretentious. Yeah. So cheesy. <laughs> and then there's also the, the whole idea that, you know, we've made a giant a CGI thing of a guy. And I don't, I never understand that. Like, you, you don't need a CGI thing. You get a guy because it's a mm. guy. You know, it's like if he's yeah. a crazy alien, great. You know, then you really have to go CG if you only if you must. But if it's a guy, just go get a guy. Well, and I you're good. Of, right. I sort of thought when, when, he, when we when he was revealed as, you know, being CGI, I thought, oh, he must be going to do some crazy stuff in, right. in one of these movies, you know. Um, yeah. I have some but, smoke uh, things I'd like to say real quick. Um, oh, sure, Lord sure. Voldemort? Uh, w- with a nose, yes. Okay. Um, right, right. Then but, he should uh, have had a, a throne room that was full of mirrors so that people could come in and say it was all snoke and mirrors. Hello! Uh, no. <laughs> All right. That's pretty good. I've been practicing That's pretty good, though, right? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's real good. I mean, the red was cool, but if it was all mirrors, it would have been like, I would have done it just as an in joke if I was Ryan Johnson. Not explain it, nothing. Snoke and mirrors. That's really funny. That's really funny. This is why Tom Spina will never direct a Star Wars movie, ladies and gentlemen. That's correct. Yeah, no, I would be able to control myself. People say the humor in The Last Jedi was rough. Oh, boy. Right. Yeah, no, it would just be a series of visual dad jokes. What I'd like to say about Snoke is this. What I'd like to say about Snoke is this, is that it's not necessarily that we're going to hear his story in a novel or something like that. Why can't we hear his story in episode nine? That very well could happen. There's been a lot of things about Snoke that I think that we're quite possibly not done seeing his character yet. I think that he could be revealed as a character from the past. Maybe Palpatine reincarnated or even Darth Plagueis. There's a line here in uh, the visual dictionary for the last Jedi. It says that uh, Snoke obscures himself with distance being forever unreachable, save for a select few who can contact him directly. Even under such circumstances, Snoke disguise his true nature. Snoke disguises his true nature. So hmm. what does that mean? I mean, his true nature is, a. Uh, are we not seeing Snoke for who he is? What could he possibly right. be? Could he be the spirit of Palpatine? I don't know. He wears that ring, and without getting too much into Tolkien territory, maybe right. that ring might have something to do with Snoke's power. Maybe are you talking about the obsidian ring that actually has... You know, remnants of the soil underneath Vader's castle. That's obsidian from the catacombs beneath yeah, Darth Vader's castle. <laughs> but I mean, perhaps there's some sort of mystical ability with the ring. You know, I I, I know, I know. Well, I'm getting I very talkative here, but, but sort of Wizard of Oz, man behind the curtain. Maybe he's just a dummy body that is, yeah. you know, being controlled by someone oh elsewhere. Wouldn't that be something? Someone speculated on the show. I think that it was an Ewok. Perhaps it was controlling <laughs> Wizard of Oz style. Um, that would be we, awesome. We, we haven't seen Wicket yet, so I uh, yeah, yeah. he's been up to. Like, as um, he turns it on, his true yub-nub enemy. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, by the Before. way, speak, I'm glad oh, you brought belly, up yub you know? I'm glad you brought up yub-nub. Said no one was, ever. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because I was doing a little Christmas shopping a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I stumbled into, I don't know, I think it was Hot Topic or Box Lunch, one of those stores. And by the way, we, we just got a box lunch in my area. What a fun store. If you're looking for 
like it's really hard to find or you've never seen it star wars collectibles this place has got it, it it's it's like a it's like a um it's like hot topic but for grown-ups nice we'll just put it that way yeah yeah so you don't feel weird or perverted being in there but anyway <laughs> they had a t-shirt it was a really cool t-shirt uh of, of the of the ewok village and instead of yub nub it said nub nub now, huh. I wanted to talk to a manager there. Right, yeah, yeah. And say, my good man, <laughs> I think there's been some mistake. So, so anyway, it, it clearly is yub-nub. We all I, know this, right? Right, yeah. I mean, so I always remember, so, you know, you have yub-nub. And I remember as a kid, we would say nyub-nyub. So, like, N-Y-U-B, but it would be the same thing twice. But it was never nub-nub. Like that's yeah, clearly not nub nub. Yes, you're right about there being a, a, there was a time where it was nub nub. Yeah, um, which I think that was more like that was a quote from Wicket, whereas yub nub was the song. You know? The song, yes, yeah. the, that, that was the song. Um, all right, well, let's see what do we got. Another one here. This is uh, Luke. Oh my gosh, this is Luke <gasps> calling. Luke, Luke from uh, California. Luke, Luke. Hey Jason. Hey Jimmy. Hey Star Wars fans. This is Luke calling from. Simi Valley, California again. Um, listening to your morning after show on my way to work and something that I just kind of been thinking about since The Force Awakens is that the title of that movie is The Force Awakens. So uh, while it's obviously supposed to represent the Force Awakening within Rey, I think it's really uh, the Force is aw- has awoken in the galaxy and um when, when she touched Luke's lightsaber and had the Force back, that was the Force awakening in her. But I think it kind of sparked something bigger within the galaxy that um, maybe Luke had been searching for. You know, that he went to the island to die, and he, uh, he died with that wish to never leave the island. He wanted to die there. So I think it's interesting that he kind of was able to die on the island but also help the rebels escape crate at the end, which, by the way, I think it's kind of awesome that they're... It seems like they're uh, shifting it back towards calling it the Rebellion, which just fits a lot better with me than the Resistance. Uh, I'm okay with it being called the Resistance, but there's just something about it, you know, being called the Rebellion. But I think that, you know, the Force of has a, has awoken within Ray and now within the galaxy and with the force awakening I think it is uh, opened a path to many abilities that some consider to be unnatural perhaps so mm. yeah kinda, tell me what you guys think about that and uh, thanks for your show bye Jim it sounds like you and uh, and Luke are drinking the same whatever um because By you were just way, saying the same thing, that this was maybe more of a galactic or, or galaxy-wide awakening, and it's springing forth, perhaps, um, or manifesting in some of these more extreme force powers. I think maybe Jimmy went to the bathroom. Or he went to get disagree. another beer. I'm not sure. All right, well, what were you going to say, Tom? <laughs> No, no, I was just saying, you know, by the way, speaking of, you know, you're drinking the same thing as Luke. Was that a moof? And is Luke a moof milker? Oh, my God. It's not a moof, but it should be a moof. They, right? How did they miss that? It, it's actually. I don't know. 
Let me see. I've got the visual guide here. Oh, it, uh, I mean, written, yeah, Pablo probably named it in the written, visual guide. Written, I, by your, written by your friend Pablo. Um, let's see here. Clearly, uh, I didn't get a copy, uh, you know, a complimentary copy at this point. Hint, hint. Uh, my, clearly, you didn't. Friends I think out there. you could just, yeah. just, just go find yourself one at your local bookstore. Yeah, it's I'll have called. It. Uh, I want to. I want to look this here, um, but it is not a move. And by golly, <laughs> it should have been because then. Yeah, then he's uh, a move milker. All right, wait a minute. Jimmy's saying he's here, but I, I can't hear him. I think he might have oh, muted himself. Right, right. Um, Jim, are you there? Yeah, I don't hear him at all. Huh. I think you might be muted. For the, for the duration of the show, I hear you. Jason will play okay. two parts. Yeah. Well, what I think is... Uh... No. Um, <laughs> actually, people Jimmy, say you're that back. we... Well, people say that we sound a lot alike, actually. I don't oh, really? Gotten that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we'll be talking to folks. They'll be like, well, is that Jimmy or is that Jason? <laughs> I can't see. He's probably it screaming right now. It took me like right seven appearances the... before I figured that out, but uh, but I'm pretty good now, I think. <laughs> Where is that? Oh, here we go. This is the the Talia Shire. No, no, no. Uh, oh, this no. is the Thala or Tala Sirens. The Tala okay. Sirens. Yeah. Huh. Um, let me see if we can add uh, add Jimmy to the to the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. Get him back. here. Uh, yeah, we should probably do that at some point here. Let's see. But I did think, you know, while while you're doing that, I'll vamp on just the idea of yeah, a would book. you? Please? I just thought, you know, during Force Awakens, I thought that was one of the better uh, sort of outer space insults uh, to throw out there. And I also, I kind of like the idea that the stuff that would insult somebody like Han Solo was, you know, nerf herder or moof milker. Like it's these sort of, you know, uh, space hillbilly terms maybe, or something like that. Like he thinks of himself <laughs> as, you know, I'm, I'm more cosmopolitan than that or whatever, you know, like yeah, some moof milker. Hey, uh, most uh, of my family well are delivered. space hillbillies. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. But, what was but that, Jim, Jason? Didn't they, didn't oh, they sorry. Miss no, a, that's Jimmy. <laughs> that's Jimmy. Yeah, didn't they miss a, 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 a brilliant uh, opportunity to have made that, that, that thing a move? Oh, a move. And have Luke milk the move. Yeah. Yeah, been that a, is a, a move milker. milker. Yeah, but then that would make Luke a move milker. And we know that that's commonly known as a... Uh, a, 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 <laughs> a derisive. Of, it's a negative. It's a yeah, it's yeah. a bad thing. We don't want we don't want Luke to become a a, a move milker. I mean, come on. <laughs> what would Han think? <laughs> well, right, he, well, it doesn't does it matter what he's milking at this point? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it's color. A, I wonder what color the move milk is. We know the bantha milk is know. blue. We know the uh, whatever that thing is with the uh, space green, boots. Kind of greenish. It is kind of a yeah. greenish move milk is probably purple or something. Maybe you never know. You never know. Um, we've got some. We've got some long voicemails here. Let's see. Uh, oh goodness. Uh, let's see. We want to get. Let's let's see. Uh, this one. I, I think this guy might get. Try to keep them within the three minute range or less. Yeah, that's what I'm trying right. to do. You know, you know, our, our listeners they're they're quite verbose. You got a lot to say, but we're not turning the whole show over to you. you know? Yeah. What do you think? Right. All right. Uh, let's try. Who's this guy? Uh, oh, that's the same guy. He didn't get his point across the first time. Let's let's hear what uh, Winston had to say. All right. It's a very proper name, Winston. Mm. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jimmy. My name is Winston. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I just wanted to give my opinion on the movie. Um, at first, after watching this movie, I 
was kind of uncomfortable with how it went. Um, it just didn't sit right. I just want, I had a lot of questions about why Ryan Johnson made some of the choices in this film. It just felt really uncomfortable. I had a lot of why. The biggest question was why? Why did he choose this? Why did he do this with the story? But as I woke up the next morning and kept thinking about it, uh, I started talking to it, talking to my wife, who's a writer, about uh, this movie. And she pointed out something that was really interesting. She said that, you know, the common thing in movies today is, is so predictable. You know, the, the mm-hmm. rebels and, you know, the common formula in most Star Wars movies, the rebels, they go on their mission, they take down the, you know, they get the coder, they take down the the signal for the ship and they escape and they get to their planet and they beat their uh, empire and they win. And it's just a common formula and it's something that we all love, but something that was so different about this movie and I think is what made a lot of the audience uncomfortable with the way that it went was that they did, it didn't work. They, in all, the rebellion and the resistance, Poe and Finn, they were failures. They failed in this movie, in my opinion. They went out and set out on this mission uh, to Canto Bight, and they ultimately, what they did is they failed. Poe was a failure in this movie. But what is beautiful about it and what I loved about it was that that was the overall theme of the movie, what Yoda says to Luke Skywalker. We are masters through failure. So I think it's wonderful. I think it was wonderful to break how how comfortable we are as audiences of expecting a certain formula from a movie of, of everything them to defy the impossible odds and to win. But in this movie, they did. And it does seem people, I think it makes them uncomfortable because we expect them to go and defy the odds and to beat it. But in this movie, they did. And I think that's why people don't like it. But I just wanted to say I love it. I think that is so groundbreaking as writers and storytellers for a movie to make the heroes lose and to fail. They ultimately failed, but they learned. And it is a passing off, as uh, Mark Hamill has said. It's a passing off to the next generation. They're learning to become the next Jedi, to become the next Han Solo, to become the next Leia, leading the rebellion and the Jedi Knight into a new era. So don't know what you guys think about that, but um, just wanted to let you know I love the movie. I think it's great. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Winston, great name, by the way. I want to see that movie with uh, with uh, G- uh, Gary Oldman about it. Is Winston Churchill? i got to get out there. Under a lot of rubber, a lot of plastic yeah. aesthetics. <laughs> Concerning uh, what he's saying, though, about yes, the heroes yes. losing, it's, uh, uh-huh. you know, when I think back to 1980, uh, Empire Strikes Back wasn't universally loved right out of the gates. A lot of people were turned off by the fact that it was open-ended. I waited three years and you didn't even tell me a full story. Uh, a lot of people were turned off by the fact that the heroes lose throughout the entire film. They lose the Battle of Hoth. Luke right. goes to Dago to be trained and doesn't complete his training, then rushes off to face Darth Vader, where he clearly loses that battle, loses his hand. His friends are beaten up. His buddy Han is frozen in carbonite. Lando loses Cloud City. It's a, it's a total disaster by the end of that film. The only hope you have at the end of Empire Strikes Back comes in the form of Luke and Lando talking about rendezvousing on Tatooine. 
And uh, that that's about it. That's the only glimpse of hope you have. Luke has a bionic hand. It's just, it's a downer. And uh, yet, in the year 2017, it's revered by most fans and considered to be the hallmark of the entire franchise. That was not always the case, friends. It took a while for Empire to seep into the public consciousness as being the masterpiece it is. A lot of people were turned off by it because the very first film presented us with a hero's journey, a beginning, a middle, and an end where the good guys win and are triumphant. You don't get that in Empire Strikes Back. With The Last Jedi, I note, I note the same. The, the mission of Canto Bite is a failure. The uh, rebels get taken out everywhere, or the resistance at this point. Um, they, they, they're getting defeated left and right. And of course, Luke, who basically is the embodiment of what the vibe is for this whole film until he turns it around at the end. It takes the vision, well, at first... When, you know when Luke first taps into the Force in this film is after he uh, he uh, attempts to train Ray, and he's been uh, you know he he's back in the game. R two showed him that old hologram cheap move, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the next thing you know he's training Ray. Then what does Luke do? He goes to that uh, stony Ouija board area there on Octu, and he starts doing his thing. He connects with the force again. And then we see him confront Kylo and Ray as they're in that hut. And he uses the force to destroy the hut and the display of violent shock and awe to get his point across. That's when Ray splits on him. And he looks at that moment and he's going to burn down the temple. Notice he's wearing those Jedi robes again that we first see him wearing at the end of The Force Awakens. In the visual dictionary, it says that those robes are to be worn by Luke as he performs a final Jedi rite. Uh, some people were speculating on, on our Twitter uh, feed that it's possible that w- was Luke going to jump off the end of the cliff and just end it all? Was he going to do that? And somebody said, well, how could that be? That's, that's suicide and everything. But, I mean... Look at the uh, the warriors from um, medieval Japan. They practice something called Harry Carry, which and so possibly Luke wasn't looking at it as a suicide, but to become one with the Force. Maybe that was the final Jedi rite he wanted to perform, and then Ray, you know, her timing stopped him from doing it. That could be uh, really something to think about. Well, I mean, there has to be a reason. I mean. I've wondered that. Okay, so so Ray shows up. This is moments before uh, he goes on to talk to her about how he's out of the game. He's not doing this anymore, and he's wearing the traditional, uh, or the you know the his dress blues, his formal Jedi robes. Why would he be doing that if he'd shut himself off from the Force? Why would he be doing? It? So he must still routinely do something. Um, ceremonial i mean you also see him laying them down and he you know he kind of caresses them a little bit you know there's definitely some uh sentiment or some attachment to them it's an interesting it was an interesting choice i kind of expected him to be uh in those in those robes for most of the film except when he was trying to blend in because i actually i thought at one point that he was the one that would go to canto bite with ray according to the the book it says Luke now only wears this robe to undertake one 
final Jedi rite. Luke's donning of ceremonial robes is not an indication of a return to faith. Rather, Luke sees it as his last rite to end the order. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a ceremonial thing or it could be something a little more heavier than that. Perhaps Luke was looking to become one with the force. And, and then you see him wearing those robes again when he's going to burn down the tree that houses the Jedi text. Perhaps Luke was going to walk into that fire himself. And it took wow. the intervention of Master Yoda to stop him and give him a purpose. Well, and, and of course, Yoda burning down the tree to take that weight off of him, so to speak. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, oh, maybe it's a little bit uh, Snape and Voldemort and, and all of that, you know, uh, Snape killing. I, I don't know if you guys wa- uh, watch any of the Harry Potter oh, movies yeah. or read the mm-hmm, books, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a, so you've got sort of snake taking the hit so that the kid's soul doesn't get turned. You know, maybe it's that sort of uh, thing with Yoda. Um, uh, and obviously he makes some kind of comment about, you know, need, we don't need anything more than the girl already possesses. And then you see the books later on the Falcon in the drawer. Um, so, right. you know, she clearly absconded with those at some point. I, you know, I re- heard it and just kind of thought, okay, well, he's just saying she has, you know, the energy we need to, to carry this forward. And then later it was like, no, no, she physically has everything we need. You know? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that was apparently a literal, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, meaning of the, literary, of the even. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. All right, we're going to wrap things up here in just a few moments. But before we do, let's check in with uh, Jimmy Mack and our friends at Nissan. Thanks, Jason. You know, we can't say enough about Nissan and the way they support Star Wars The Last Jedi. Nissan has joined forces with Lucasfilm to spread the word about great Nissan innovative technologies and Star Wars The Last Jedi. Visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to learn all about Nissan Intelligent Mobility. It's tomorrow's technology today. Nissan is offering innovative technologies to help keep you safe, like intelligent forward collision warning, blind spot warning, and ProPilot Assist with intelligent cruise control. There are just a few ways Nissan's innovative intelligence is helping you master the drive. In your 2018 Nissan Rogue or your Starfighter, you can unleash the technology inside. Conquer the road and the galaxy with Nissan. Also at NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars, discover and command Star Wars-inspired show vehicles in a unique experience using hand gestures and your smartphone. Be sure to check that out at NissanUSA.com and also find out where you can see these cars at an auto show near you. Plus, customize your own Star Wars-themed vehicle. You can customize a Rogue, Rogue Sport, Titan, or Ultima with official Star Wars-inspired colors, decals, lighting, and more. And at select Nissan dealers, check out Star Wars Droid Repair Bay, the official virtual reality story by ILMX Lab connected to Star Wars The Last Jedi. See it now at select Nissan dealerships. Celebrate Star Wars The Last Jedi with Nissan. It's unthinkable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Imagine, imagine going to a screening of The Last Jedi and uh, you got a bunch of technical problems. Well, that's exactly what happened in Burbank, in beautiful downtown Burbank. 
There were technical problems with at least two showings of the movie. Uh, 10 o'clock Thursday and the second at 1.30 a.m. on Friday. It got so bad that Burbank police had to be called after the upset crowd from the 10 p.m. showing gathered in the lobby and began screaming at the staff. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People, people standing with their arms crossed yelling, restart it! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, police said no injuries were reported and nobody was arrested, but a Twitter uh, user said that there was music but no dialogue for about six minutes uh, when oh, the goodness. film beganings, uh, began. So that's that's interesting. Um, so, but apparently the theater chose not to or was unable to restart. So oh, fans were fans were yeah they were very very upset. Uh, the opening refrain. Um, the Star Wars theme happened. We got to see a little bit of the scroll, and the movie just cut out and went dark. And then the same issue it happened again uh, at at one thirty. So it was very, very terrible. Um, but we're fortunate, Tom. I don't know if you know this, but our microphones are everywhere, and uh-huh. our microphones were actually there. We have uh, we have audio of this incredible moment here. So this is uh, taken from the stu- the uh, movie theater there in Burbank when they had these technical issues. It's time for the Jedi to end. That, that is an unruly crowd there. That is yeah. an unruly crowd. I think we've got that another is. clip. We're just having a little fun with you, but we actually do have audio of when every, apparently what happened was the uh, sound issues were really apparent right at the beginning of the film. So people freaked out because this is opening night. And so they don't want anything spoiled for them with some sort of subpar screening of the film. So they went running out, running out into the lobby. It was a lot of young people like in their twenties and thirties. And they were all surrounding these representatives from the movie theater. And it was just, it was, I could see why they called the cops because this was teetering on the edge. Hey, California Star Wars fans, I thought you guys were supposed to be mellow and chill. What happened, man? But you guys lost your 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 you know what. Check this out, guys. You're gonna be blown away. This is actual audio recorded and posted up on Twitter by a, a theater patron who was uh, amazed to see the the anger uh, coming out of all these uh, people. Uh, you know, I mean, I know I would be very unhappy by it, but I don't know if I would react like this. Sorry about I, your luck. I don't know what to say, but I, yeah. I would, of course, be very upset. This happened to me um, I, I, back in when I was in college. I worked at a movie theater because uh, I knew episode one was coming out. I wanted to see it first. This was before you, you knew about buying tickets online. So I needed a job. So I worked at a movie theater. And well played, right? So we, we decided yeah. that uh, we wanted to do an employee sneak, which is very custom, customary because the reels 
uh, back then they were definitely the 35 millimeter. Now it's digital, mm. but um, they they needed to be tested first. You need to see if there are any you know if, if it was brittle, if it was going to break. And sure enough, we get to the point where Darth Maul is getting off of his uh, out of his uh, his ship. They're on Tatooine, and it was just. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and it just flapped, and uh, uh, it was it was terrible. It was terrible, and we didn't think they were going to be able to get it fixed. They were able to get it fixed, and you know we we finished watching the movie. But that's a terrible, terrible feeling. That's actually yeah. bad for them. But uh, you know, don't I hurt do anybody. Too. <laughs> let's, no, let's try not to hurt anybody. Uh, let's see. Do we have time for giveaways, Jim? We're going to do giveaways. Let's do some giveaways. Number one, we have a new giveaway to tell everyone about, and this is courtesy of our friend Tom Spina and Regal Robot. We uh, suggest everyone go to regalrobot.com to see all of the great Star Wars merchandise the folks over there have. And Tom, you guys have this amazing Regal Robot Mandalorian skull mini sculpture. It's an amazing mm-hmm. interpretation of the mysterious skull seen on uh, Boba Fett's armor and, of course, uh, on fanboys at every convention everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. But these and, are great, you know, 3D representation of that. And that one's it's our biggest seller. Everybody has really gone nuts for it. It was sculpted by an effects artist friend of mine, Neo Nakamura, who just did this amazing interpretation of it. I always called it a Bantha skull. Um we, you know, folks online very much call it a uh, mythosaur skull. Uh, the mythosaur is or isn't canon right now. So with Lucasfilm, we kind of settled on Mandalorian just because it's a Mandalorian symbol. Uh, but we do know it's a mythosaur for anybody who's going to talk to us on Twitter or Facebook. We, we're fans. We get it. <laughs> um but I still say Bantha Skull because that's just me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's our it's our biggest seller. Everybody goes nuts for them. We we've sold um, uh, quite a few of them in the run up to Christmas. But we put one aside for you guys to give away to the the fans of the show. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. That's awesome of you. Each skull is made in the USA, hand painted, and comes ready to display in a beautiful full color box. So, how do you become eligible? to win this amazing piece of Star Wars memorabilia. Well, all you have to do is take to the Twitter. You must follow Regal Robot and Rebel Force Radio on Twitter. Once you've done that, then tweet at Rebel Force Radio. I want the at Regal Robot Mando Skull in my hashtag Star Wars collection. That's all you have to do is tweet that. At Rebel Force Radio, I want the at Regal Robot Mando Skull in my hashtag Star Wars collection. So do that. And uh, when we come back in 2018, the first show back, we will uh, choose a winner at random. So you have plenty of time to become eligible to win. Again, take to the Twitter at Rebel Force Radio. I want the at Regal Robot Mando Skull in my hashtag Star Wars collection. Thank you very much, Regal Robot. Thank you very much, Tom Spina. For making it always happen. a pleasure, always a pleasure. And uh, and what else you guys got going on over there? Anything uh, oh, anything uh, you want our listeners to know about before we let you go? So yeah, so I mean, you know, this year we we are uh, currently working on. We've got um, a, a 
about a dozen different things kind of in the works that are that are all going to be up on the site probably in the, the first quarter of this year so uh really as early as possible this year um so we'll have a, a whole bunch of new director chairs including two designs that i have been fighting for since we got the license with star wars and i'm so excited to put those out there for folks um and a series of pub tables that have printed tops with some really cool artwork on them that we've come up come up with uh there's a, a number of other things that will be sort of unleashing on on fans over the next couple of months that I can't talk about yet. But I'm, I, I, if you can tell, I am having trouble containing the excitement. Actually, tomorrow <laughs> we're going to do product photography on a piece that I'm I'm very very excited about and can't wait to put out there. So um, you know, over the next few months, keep an eye on at Regal Robot on Twitter on Facebook. On Instagram, we post every day. You can uh, also obviously go to the Regal Robot website and find out all kinds of stuff there. And, of course, follow uh, the at Tom Spina Designs uh, uh, handles on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and the Tom Spina Designs website because we've got a ton of cool stuff in the works uh, over there as well. It's uh, been an unusually busy winter for us between the two companies. Um I am juggling quite a lot mentally. I'm surprised I have so much room or any room left really inside the dome here, uh, considering all the random cantina knowledge and all of the stuff that's going <laughs> on. But uh, it's just exciting times. It's, you know, what a time to be a, a, a someone, you know, in the Star Wars business. You know, there's just so much cool stuff happening. And uh, I really do. I, I'm just so thankful every day that I get to go to work and play in this sandbox. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Tom, you've been more than generous with your time. Thank you so much. Uh, go back to making cool stuff uh, <laughs> for all too. of us. We appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, seriously, thank you. It's always really fun to have you on the show and, and chat with you about all of this great stuff. So we're looking forward to having you back very soon. Anytime. My pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, right. Tom. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Carrie Fisher. Hey, Jake Lloyd here. Hello, this is Warwick Davis, and you're listening to Rebel Force Radio. Now this is podcasting. This is Anthony Daniels, and they asked me to throw in an ad lib, but they didn't throw in any money, so I'm not going to throw in anything else. Goodbye. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I must tell you, the source for the Force is Rebel Force Radio, your source for the Force. Hey, it's Mark Hamill, that Skywalker guy from those space movies. Rebel Force Radio, what an unfortunate moniker. For yourself to listen all right another giveaway from stance make sure you go to stance.com slash rebel force radio to check out the stance star wars collection featuring star wars socks briefs and gift sets all your favorite characters represented in high quality sock form like luke chewy kylo ren and many more I just mentioned that I was in the box lunch store and they had this amazing, amazing display of all of the Star Wars uh, socks from Stance. There's so many styles to choose from and even featuring characters and designs from Star Wars The Last Jedi. So we've got pairs to give away. What do they got to do to win? That's right, Jason. Thank you so much, Stance, for giving us so many pairs of amazing socks from the Stance Star Wars collection to give away to loyal RFR listeners. All you have to do to become eligible to win is tweet at Rebel Force Radio. I want to wear hashtag Star Wars socks from 
at Stance when I see hashtag The Last Jedi. That's all you have to do. And we pick winners at random. And this time around, Jason, we have three pair to give away. Three pair of amazing Stance Star Wars Collection socks are going to these loyal RFR listeners. The first one is Angela Silana at Inspired Angela on Twitter. The second one is Kevin Parrish at KevParis49 on Twitter. And the third one is from Shane Thaxton, who says, At Rebel Force Radio, I want to wear hashtag Star Wars socks from at stance when I see hashtag The Last Jedi. I'm taking my son, who has seen every Star Wars movie since Clone Wars animated in the theater. He's now 12, and I would love to show him his old man dad has some style. Yes, Shane Thaxton, you are going to get a pair of Star Wars collection socks from Stance. We're going to be giving away more before the year is over. We have one more review show to do, and it's going to be coming at you later this week. So please go to Twitter right now if you want to become eligible to win a pair of Star Wars socks from Stance. Go to Twitter and tweet at Rebel Force Radio. I want to wear hashtag Star Wars socks from at Stance when I watch hashtag The Last Jedi. For more information about the incredible Stance Star Wars collection, visit stance.com slash rebelforceradio. That's stance.com slash rebelforceradio. Jason and Jimmy, Nate from uh, Rochester should just put this in an email. But anyway, just finishing up my final thoughts. Um, I think that uh, I love the movie. Uh, there were some issues, obviously, with um, some of the other stuff. Um, final thoughts are I thought it's awesome that um, they kind of set it up for another great um, finale. And um, I think that uh, the fact that you have this, maybe the Knights of Ren coming back into this whole the whole scenario would be sweet. And then that maybe they'll have a fight with the next generation of Jedi or whatever they're going to call it, whatever Ray is going to call it. Um, and then uh, I hope that uh, we hear something about Snoke, at least in the ninth movie, in the ninth, in the ninth movie. Um, basically, give him give us some background on him, because I think that was uh, a huge disappointment that we didn't at least get a throwaway line like, "Hey, you know, he was a, a disciple of Palpatine at one point." Um, so hopefully, we get some type of explanation about who he is and what he is, maybe from Luke in a flashback or when he's a Force ghost talking to Ray. But um, hopefully, this gets played. Uh, sorry, it's a little long. Um, Love everything you guys do. May the force be with you. Can't wait to see this movie another 500 times. <laughs> well, it wasn't too long at all. You didn't overstay your welcome one bit. Uh, so another one, Jim, looking for some closure on Snoke. Uh, th- there seems to be some uh, empty bellies out there when it comes to Snoke's origin. They they want to hear more. Now, we heard Ryan Johnson uh, just a little bit ago on the program, he was basically saying, uh, you know, it, it just didn't fit. And quite frankly, it wasn't of any great relevance to Ray. And she was the character in the room at the time. So it just didn't it didn't work. Hmm. I think at some point uh, there there could have been a little exposition that would, you know, just a little dialogue like like what the caller said, you know, just a simple mention is the Snoke's background, a disciple of Palpatine, perhaps just anything to indicate us to us who this guy is, why he's so powerful and how did he inherit the technology and uh, personnel 
that ran the empire? How does he get their technology? How does he become in charge of all that? It has to be more than just money or uh, tapping into the dark side. He had to have been in the right place at the right time. And I think a lot of us would like to know when and where that place and time was. I don't think that's too much to ask, but I also think it's a little harsh to judge the entire film on information not revealed about Snoke and the information that was revealed about Ray's parents. Um, just because of those two little pieces of information, people didn't get what they want. I think they're tearing the whole film apart. Now, I know people are noticing uh, or uh, uh, indicating that there are other flaws in the film, and uh, that's just fine, too. But that's the thing I'm hearing the most. People disappointed about Ray, disappointed about Snoke, and the information revealed about their backstories that turned people off from the whole movie. And I think there's a lot that this movie contains and provides us with that... Uh, doesn't necessarily trump the disappointment of uh, those uh, reveals, but it, it certainly uh, does a lot to make the movie something greater than than just a, a Wikipedia entry. And uh, so I, and I, I think it was Ryan Johnson who actually said that line, so I won't take credit for that. But something that he did mention was the uh, Knights of Ren. I was actually surprised we didn't see the crazy Knights of Ren or at least get a mention of them or just anything. I thought for sure Kylo would have hooked up with the Knights of Ren. I was imagining they would travel to Octo to try to defeat Luke Skywalker. Many people have thought the Knights of Ren were those Praetorian guards that Kylo and Rey wiped out after... Kylo killed Snoke. Well, there are there are some comparisons. You know, the Knights of Ren all had kind of similar outfits, yet the helmets were very different, and that was the same case with the uh, Praetorian mm-hmm. guards. Um, so, yeah, there were some connections. I, I mean, I think the bottom line in this is that uh, whether intentional or not, Ryan Johnson really just blew off a lot of JJ's mystery stuff. I mean, JJ left a lot of mystery cable out there and ryan really did just kind of blow it or did he or did he there could be some misdirection going on there um i'll tell you what the praetorian guards though there's eight of them and there are only seven knights of ren with kylo being one of them so if the Praetorian Guards were the knights of ren where'd they get the two extra guys also the praetorian guards clearly serve snoke while I've always been led to believe the Knights of Wren served Wren. You know, they served Kylo. And also, another little bit of information about the Knights of Wren is I believe that they are made up of the students that were studying in Luke's Jedi Academy that Kylo managed to turn against him. And uh, they're the ones who killed the other students and then split with Kylo. Luke says something about that. Yeah, he does. He said that he left with he, with a few of his students and massacred the rest, mm-hmm. basically. So, yeah, he confirms that. And we're kind of assuming that they're who ended up being the Knights of Ren. But it's it's quite possible. It's, it's, it's more than possible. I think it's very likely. And I certainly hope we'll see uh, them in Episode yeah. 9. I mean, it was J.J. Abrams who introduced us to the concept, and I hope it's J.J. Abrams that will expand on the concept a little bit. So thank you very much for calling. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail here on Rebel Force Radio, call our 
RFR voicemail hotline, 24-7, 365 days a year. It never shuts down. 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. By the way, this just in, J.J. Abrams uh, intends to just make all of The Last Jedi a dream Oh, <laughs> in Episode 9. It's just... Yeah, it's going to be like that episode of Roseanne where every the whole last two seasons was just just a mm-hmm. dream. Um, no, I, 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 have, I have no way of confirming that, of course. Um, but I'll tell you something that's not a dream are the headphones that I am wearing right now. The very headphones I'm wearing while we record Rebel Force Radio are from Studio Sweden, and they are ridiculously comfortable. They are, um, you have the op- option of uh, making them uh, wireless because they have Bluetooth technology. Uh, I use them plugged in because I, you know, I don't, I don't want to run out of battery while I'm sitting here doing the show or all of a sudden I can't hear Jimmy Mack. Um, but they're fantastic and we want you to experience the incredible audio quality coming from these Studio Sweden headphones. Yeah, they're great and Studio Sweden was nice enough to give us several pair to give away. We gave away a couple of pair at our Last Jedi opening night event at Hollywood Boulevard Cinemas. And we're giving away a pair to our listening audience. Once again, utilizing Twitter, we asked you to tweet, I want to listen to at Rebel Force Radio with at Studio Sweden headphones. We chose a winner at random. Heather at Fandom Queen on Twitter tweeted what we asked. We chose her name at random. And Heather will be reaching out to you so you can listen to RFR with cool Studio Sweden Regent Bluetooth capable headphones. Thank you so much, Studio Sweden. And, uh, you know, it's just great to give back to our listening audience. We appreciate you guys more than you could possibly believe. And with it being the holiday season, here we are at the end of the year. It's really nice to give you guys some gifts. And thank you for supporting Rebel Force Radio and all of our Star Wars podcasting efforts over the years. So thank you so much for listening and may the force be with you. That's going to wrap things up here at Rebel Force Radio. Thank you so much for uh, being with us and going on this incredible adventure that is The Last Jedi. We want to bring out the best in fandom. And we know that not every Star Wars movie is going to be your favorite. How could it be? But let's be kind and let's be respectful of each other and all of our opinions and unite under the fact that we love Star Wars. And if you love Star Wars and Rebel Force Radio, you want to get RFR All Access. That's available on Patreon. And you'll never miss an episode of our bonus content. Like we do RFR Rush Hour. There's RFR Rewind. We can relive some of the best moments of Rebel Force Radio. RFR Q&A plus giveaways, early access to RFR events, and so much more. And big thanks to our sponsors this week, Nissan. Visit NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars. The Star Wars collection from Stance. Just go to Stance.com slash Rebel Force Radio. Tops, the digital card collecting app available for iOS and Android devices. Also, big thanks to our guest, 
Tom Spina, Spina Designs. Check out regalrobot.com for all the details there. And don't forget, we've got that contest where you can win one of Tom's amazing... Well, he called it a Bantha skull, but it was up for some debate. Also, you can uh, email us, show at rebelforceradio.com, show at rebelforceradio.com. And the email or the voicemail line, 708-320-1737. We're on Twitter at Rebel Force Radio. I'm at Jason Swank. Jimmy's at Jimmy Mac Radio. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio, And the website, that's right, you guessed it, rebelforceradio.com. iTunes, a great place to subscribe and review Rebel Force Radio. We'll invite you to do both. As far as those reviews go, just one rule, please. Make them good. And you can find Rebel Force Radio streaming online at WGNplus.com, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. And you can find us weekly at uh, JediNews.co.uk, Yodasnews.com, Fanthatracks.com, and the official Star Wars website, StarWars.com. That's it. We'll see you next time here on Rebel Force Radio. For RFR, I'm I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you always.